Board Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's ass Froge says that Blue Jays offense of late, man. Damn, damn. They're doing everything they can, Matt, to prove you wrong. This guy is like the ultimate take man. He's trusted in the Jays when he didn't trust in the Jays. I'm loving where it's coming from. Yeah, I had no faith even with that awesome run differential that I spotted in that episode. Uh, but their offense has been wacko, man. Sure, Tuesday night wasn't a great one for them, but over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four games, 52 runs, including a 22-7 to beatdown. Oh, gotta love those. I was at work, I'm pretty sure, on Sunday when that 22-scoring game was happening, and when I first read it, they were up. They had like 13 runs. It was like the third, and I was like, "Oh, jeez, stop! Like you got like don't stop because I want more." But at the same time, like, ouch! Fans are probably like in pain at this point. Poor Baltimore fans, man, <laughs> just, just brutal. But you know, even if I get that Jays take wrong, I did get last week's take so right. I mean, they beat the Yankees for eight straight and then lose to Baltimore the next day. Classic. I mean, it's the perfect take. The perfect take, man. Like, you absolutely nailed it. I love it because at least we get to react to your takes every week. I'm just, like, setting myself for the future so that if you forget, then maybe, like, I don't have to, to you know, be in trouble for when I get it wrong. But at the same time, when I'm right, I get to be like, oh, I believed all along. But it's fun, <laughs> Matt. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, man. We need at least one take at the beginning of this episode. But... We won't need them for very much longer because the NFL is back, my friend. Week one, let's go. Kevin, did you watch any football this weekend? Man, I watched the the Bills game. You know, I was sad for Buffalo. They came out swinging. They they were up 10-0 or 10-3 at one point, and they just kind of fell asleep, and Steelers just came chugging along right back. Um, and then I got to watch the beginning of the Chiefs game. I pretty much watched all the way up, and then I missed – Mahomes is like epic, amazing, you know, sideline throw that I had to go. Yarder. Oh, I had to watch that in highlights later. But yeah, man, I got to catch some football this weekend. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I was super happy to have it back. You know, glued to the to the couch on Sunday watching football. Um, I told my brother, you know pick up that Pittsburgh Steelers defense they have one of the best defenses in the league their biggest issue is on offense and it it showed on Sunday I mean Buffalo is supposed to be one of the best teams in the league they were a Super Bowl favorite before the season everyone's picking them but man did Pittsburgh come out and make that offense look bad I mean Josh Allen looked like he has for most of his career save for last year 30 of 51 for 270, 270 yards and one touchdown. Not a great start after signing a six-year, $258 million contract, making him the second highest paid player in league history. Just wild. Sad. Sad for Buffalo, unfortunately, right? But hey, they showed that they had some gusto. They came out swinging in that game. I thought that they were going to hold, but then, like I said, just fell asleep and when you have experience with like the Steelers do, they're gonna they're gonna chug along and they're gonna find a way to keep the score going. And like me and Austin, we were just sad at work, just like sad every time we'd look back and we saw that the score just kept getting closer and closer. But that's what happens. It's the beginning of the season, unfortunately. Mike Tomlin, man, that guy's the most underrated coach in probably all of sports. Never having a losing season, doesn't even need Big Ben, and Big Ben looked old on Sunday. But you know. 
another team that lost a really old quarterback in, in Drew Brees was facing an old quarterback in Aaron Rodgers and Jameis Winston, man. I don't know why people slept on him so hard. I get that he had a 30-30 season with 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, but he was a number one overall pick for a reason. He's one of only five players in league history to throw for 5,000 yards for a reason. And the guy put the beat down. I mean, that defense really put the beat down on Green Bay. (laughs) But, man, he had five touchdowns and only 148 yards. Like, just absolutely insane and Aaron Rodgers man you are too cool for school like get some urgency out there you you talk like you know everything's chill everything's cool whatever man it's all good you would have had a better quarterback rating if you just spiked the ball man you had a 36.8 and you could have had a 39.6 if you just spiked the ball so yeah figure it out man I mean, I initially thought, I forgot that Drew Brees had retired, and I thought that it was going to be a battle of the Giants, but pretty amped for the kid to come out and just slap them down, and, you know, they got to go back to the drawing board after a loss like that, because that's not how you want to start your season. Absolutely not how you want to start your season. Uh, They'll probably come out swinging in the next game. Getting beat down on national television like that, um, (laughs) never a good look. So, for sure, they'll they'll be coming out this weekend. I feel nervous for the team that they play in the Detroit Lions because even though the Lions had like a crazy kind of comeback on 49ers, I don't know if you noticed that. It was like a big blowout, and then all of a sudden they, they muffed a fum, uh, an onside kick, and then they had a fumble, and it was just a wild. It ended up being closer than it should have been. But a game that I thought was going to be lopsided the other way, Atlanta-Philadelphia, I mean, Jalen Hurts, buddy, came out at proved the doubters wrong in the first game of year two 27 of 35 264 for three touchdowns he does have a new weapon in devonta smith the, the heisman trophy winner from last year 71 yards and a touchdown i mean this team it actually looks legit man I, i'm pretty pretty pumped for them i think they might even win the nfc east um dallas is in that division so you never know um but washington and, and the giants They'll definitely be better than those teams. Didn't didn't the Cowboys just suffer? Didn't somebody on the Cowboys just suffer a serious injury? So I mean, you're not wrong in in saying that there. I think you're thinking about uh, the Washington quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. They already had a weak quarterback situation with him and Tyler Heineke, and then he gets hurt this weekend, and they have to start Heineke. So not the best. I mean, they played great against the Chargers for what they had. Uh, that defense is is probably the top defense in the league. But they have no offense. No offense oh. whatsoever, my friend. I, I, I guess this might be a, a quick, like, just happened report because I'm saying it. Demarcus Lawrence, he's their defensive end. Apparently, he's oh. going to be at six to eight weeks with a broken foot. So, oh, brand new. I'm reading that right that. now. It's Wednesday. Yeah, that's why I'm mentioning it because I'm just, like, looking at my phone here doing quick refreshes because Matt knows, like, I know that they're always trying to get us with fresh news when we're recording our podcast here. They're always trying to make sure that right when we're done, they're going to let it out. So, I'm always just trying to be sure. So, yeah, that could be a big deal. That's a huge deal, man. He's definitely one of their better uh, defensive players, if not their best defensive player. So they already had a weak defense. We'll see how that shapes out for them. Oh, dang, man. <laughs> but Wild. We do have games of the week to talk about. You know, I thought the Kansas City Browns game, I mean, the whole world did. 
that they thought that was going to be the game of the week. And it looked like that on Sunday. The Browns leading them for most of the way, but Patrick Mahomes obviously doing Patrick <laughs> Mahomes things. You can't hold that man down. Do you know he's 25-10 and 10 when he's trailing in games? In any game that he is losing, he is 25-10. and 10. That's just and ridiculous. Winning. And I'm sure his, his like record of when he's leading games is probably better than that. So, oh. like, oh, Mahomes, you're too good. Absolutely, man. He actually has the best uh, winning percentage when trailing in an NFL game in the history of the NFL. Um, and I don't see it getting worse. I see it only getting better because that Browns team gave him all he could handle in the first half. That defense was ferocious and they couldn't figure it out but credit to him and, and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy for being able to figure it out over halftime and they really came out and they, they did some great things in that second half I mean obviously when you get a muff punt that helps you get a 75 yard wow. touchdown to Tyreek Hill he made a joke about it you know he was like I'm just going to throw it up I know Tyreek's out there <laughs> yeah, to have that kind of confidence to just be like man I'll chuck it Tyreek's got me like I have full confidence. Like, imagine being like the the next generational quarterback and having a guy like that. Like, no wonder the Chiefs are as good as they are. Hey, man, it's why it took me so long to get on the Patrick Mahomes is a is the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life because he has that offense. But after what he did in the Super Bowl, I'm all on board. But the other guy who's probably going to be challenging him for you know title of top quarterback in the NFL for the next few. I guess decade, um, not a few years, but <laughs> Lamar Jackson, man, my Lamarvelous Avengers, my Captain Lamerica, he uh, he had some issues against the Raiders. He had a couple fumbles, and Derek Carr, man, the most underrated quarterback in the NFL, pulls that game out in wow. overtime, leads them on a three-play drive to kick a field goal with 37 seconds left to tie it. And then pulls it out in overtime. People are saying it's it's already the game of the year, guys. It's week one. The year hasn't happened yet. Like, calm it down. Is, there's gotta somebody's gotta say it's the game of the year, right? Because there's only so many games that's happened. So until the next one comes, but hey, maybe I'll try to pull out some hot takes for Lamar. I helped your boy last year in the playoffs. You know, right at the beginning with that first win. But uh, you know, I'm a fan. I'm right here beside you. I'm a fan of this team. I hope that they can bounce back. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a Steelers fan, so it doesn't I don't love to see the Ravens do well, but I mean, I love watching Lamar do his thing. Him and Kyler Murray are some of the the only guys to be able to do what they do. Um, but yeah, man, those were the games of the week, and it brings me to my top ten. I'm gonna go in reverse order this time, uh, and we'll we'll see how it goes. So okay, I've got okay. the New Orleans Saints at number ten. They absolutely smoked Green Bay. I had Green Bay at, I think, what were they, fifth in my power rankings before the season. They're completely knocked out now, and New Orleans has to jump up. I love what I saw from Jameis. He had a turnover-free day, five touchdowns. He was efficient. Gotta love it. Then I've got those Baltimore Ravens. They had a sloppy game. They had a glut of injuries. I mean, they lost three running backs and their top cornerback all in a span of like two weeks and they were still in that tight game and the Raiders are known for pulling out these come or these miraculous upset wins every year they did it to the Kansas City Chiefs last year they did it to the Pats like I think the year before so hey just just 
wipe your shoulders off. It's week one. We're good. The Ravens still in at nine. We, we, we got, believe in them. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then we got the 49ers. I mean, it was tight at the end there against Detroit, but their team is just so stacked. That roster, top to bottom, is is amazing. Um, and I like Jimmy G. And the way that they use Trey Lance, his first ever career pass, touchdown, baby. Let's go. Give him some confidence. Let him get rolling, you know, maybe make the switch midway. And then they go into the Super Bowl. Let's see it. <laughs> I have um, so much confidence in Trey Lance. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Next, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> getting ahead of myself. But uh, Buffalo Bills, man, coming in at seven. I know they got beat by the Steelers, but they're not going to be playing that ferocious of a defense every week. That front seven for Pittsburgh is the best front seven in the league, and their cornerbacks were shut down. Yes, Josh Allen looked bad, but... He's playing Pittsburgh's defense. It's going to happen. They're solid, right? Like, they're going to smack him down. He's got to deal with it. Like, again, wipe your shoulders. Wipe your shoulders off. You'll be all right. It's week one. Yeah, it's just week one. They're definitely going to win that division. They're definitely going to win double-digit games. Um, Another team that got absolutely blown out, which I thought was going to be a decent team this year, Tennessee. They probably still are going to be, but it's going to be hard for me to to wash this one out of my brain. And that's why I've got the Arizona Cardinals coming in at six. Chandler Jones had five sacks in this game. The record in the NFL is 22. He's already almost a quarter of the way there through week one. Just wild. They have J.J. Watt, Kyler Murray doing just absolutely mind-boggling things in the pocket, able to manipulate it with the way he moves. He had this one throw where he, like, just deked out, like, five Tennessee guys, like, oh, you can't catch me, oh, you can't catch me, and then I'm I'm just going to toss this 20 yards for a completion. (laughs) Thank you. First down. So I, I'm very excited to see what, uh, where this team goes. I was very high on them last year, and they were great through the first 10 weeks until he hurt his shoulder. So mm-hmm. we'll see if he can stay healthy, because if he's healthy, this is a team to be reckoned with. Another team from that N- from the NFC West. So San Francisco, Arizona, now I've got Seattle in there. They just rolled Indianapolis. I mean, Indianapolis has a great defense, has a great offensive line, and they pressured Carson Wentz all game. They took that defense to task, and Russell Wilson, man, I know last year he came out even harder throughout the first four weeks, and everyone was saying that MVP season. Maybe it's nice for him to be a little bit quieter under the radar because he was phenomenal in that game. He wants postseason success. That's where he's at at this point, so he's not needing to come out, you know, right at the at the beginning and just like guns blazing, right? Decided we're going to get our wins, we're going to be a tough team, we're going to make it happen, and then when we get to the postseason, then we go hard. Then it's time. That's at least what I'm thinking out of it. Hopefully, man. He also had like a a pretty big spat with his team this off season. He's normally like a go Seahawks go kind of guy, but this year he was pretty off. Um, but, you know, he put that behind him, unlike Aaron Rodgers, and he was able to to get the win this week. So all the credit to him. You're right. He's focused on that next Super Bowl. Um, the team that comes in at four, they lost this week, but they lost to the best team in the league, and they led them throughout the majority of that game. The Cleveland Browns, that defense, man, with Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett, is just ferocious their offensive line is the best offensive line in the nfl if baker 
was legitimately a top five quarterback, top ten quarterback, they would be my number one team easily. But because Baker is only as good as the parts around him, mm-hmm. they're they're stuck in that four. I still love the roster though, just so deep. They don't even have Odell Beckham Jr. back. Man, it's crazy, right? Yeah, he's he's been he's been he's gonna miss his second game too, right? Like they they're they're making it happen, but. Baker. Baker's always been the question for this team. He's always been the question for the media. Can he be enough? Can he take them all the way? And Matt, time will tell with the Browns team, but it's awesome to see them, you know, this high. It's awesome to see them have a game where they can compete and step up against, you know, Mahomes the man. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about Baker is I see him as as a Kirk Cousins type quarterback where he doesn't raise your ceiling he can help you get there but he doesn't raise it and so unfortunately everything has to go right for them to win and when you have that muff punt when you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side it's just it's hard to get the win um a guy who was making his debut uh in an LA Rams uniform he was so bad in Detroit um everybody was ragging on him but everyone thought you know the eye test with Matthew Stafford is just amazing his arm talent is out of this world it's top five in the league everyone's been saying that since he was drafted it's never really popped that well in detroit it did a couple years in megatron but he's never won a playoff game they rolled chicago and he was phenomenal they had two touchdowns of 50 plus yards they had two touchdowns of 50 plus yards all of last season with jared goff so this team became that much more explosive. They have two of the top defensive players in the league, the top two at their position in Aaron Donald and um, Jalen Ramsey. This team looking like it's poised to go back to the Super Bowl. But they're going to have to get through Tampa Bay, who comes in at number two. I'm, they had some trouble with Dallas, which could be concerning because, you know, Dak hasn't played in like almost eight months, ten months. So having that happen to their defense you, you gotta wonder yeah. about it but you know tom brady doing tom brady things I, I was listening to talk shows where they said you know tom brady four touchdowns no picks you guys he threw two picks but they weren't his fault they weren't his fault okay they hit receivers yeah. in the hands he threw a hail mary they're not his fault we get it he's the goat still but, counts on the stat sheet <laughs> exactly <laughs> so they come in at number two and my number one team easily Kansas State Chiefs. What do you got to say, my friend? I mean, I just wanted to say my favorite part of the week before you move on to Kansas City, just about about Brady real quick, is that, man, so I was selling bikes on Sunday, right? Like, we were selling off our rental fleet, and this this dad comes in, he's buying a bike, and obviously Austin and, and him start chatting, and they start talking about football, and the guy just, like, puts his head down, and he's like, I left Gronkowski on the bench this week. Like, what a mistake. And I was just laughing about it, because I was just like, bruh, you don't do that. You know him and Brady have that connection. They like each other. Like, guy's going to put up some points. I thought it was the funniest part of my week. Dude, last year he was on that team, and he did not have, like, great games week in, week out. This week he looks like he's going to be the number one fantasy tight end again. Him and Antonio Brown both getting resurgent in that game. A.B. looking dominant as ever against a second-string cornerbacks because they've got Mike Evans, they've got Chris Godwin, like they've just got an embarrassment of riches and that's why they come in at number two. But yo man, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, give me the Kansas City Chiefs every day of the week because just nobody else in the league 
can score cheap touchdowns like the Kansas City Chiefs can. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life on that play. Sidearm flicks it. He admits that he doesn't really even know where Tyreek is. And Tyreek takes it to the house. Like, it's just just wild, my friend. So, Man, and, and then there's the, used to the, first, the first touchdown that he just kind of like, uh, 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 runs his way, finds his way into the end zone. Like, guy just has such good field IQ, good vision, and... You know, my old hot take was like sweating there for a little bit watching the beginning of that game, watching Mahomes and crew be like down and behind, and I was like, oh, "Are they gonna lose game one? Are they gonna do this to me?" Twenty and season. I was gonna be so sad. <laughs> oh man, no! They if they don't lose that game, I'm hard pressed to find a loss on their schedule, and they could be going seventeen and 0, 20 and zero on the way to the, to the Super Bowl. They look that good. Um, yeah, that's the top 10. Kansas City's going to be a top of it until they lose. So good luck, everybody else. <laughs> Man, Reasonable. I gave five games last week to keep an eye on. Four of the five were close. One was a blowout. The the Rams and the Chicago game, I thought it would little, be a little bit tighter. Maybe they get Justin Fields on the, on the field a little bit faster. It looks they should start him this week. If they don't, they're nuts. But hey, that's a different topic. Games to watch this week. Buffalo-Miami. Can Miami's defense was was one of the best defenses in the league last year shut down Josh Allen? Can Josh Allen get back on track? I think that he can. The 49ers, <laughs> the 49ers versus the Eagles. Eagles looked great last week. Can they show up again and do it again? I'm doubtful. So we'll see how that one plays out. The Colts lost to Seattle. They're going against the Rams, the other NFC West team. I had all four in my top 10, so we'll see how they play there. Dallas and the Chargers, I think, is going to be a score fest. Justin Herbert against the Washington defense played unbelievably well, and so I think he'll score a lot of points this week against a a porous Dallas defense, especially with Demarcus Lawrence gone. Um, And Dak's going to do Dak things. He looks so good in game one. And then Obviously, the easiest game to, to call is Kansas City versus the Ravens. Ravens coming off that bad loss. Kansas City, you know, keeping it rolling. Beat Cleveland. Let's beat the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to give them all that they can handle, especially with having a full week of practice for Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman. Tyson Williams looked good, but I think uh, Latavius Murray is going to take over as the lead back there. But that's that. That's the NFL, my friend. Man, just rolling along. Week one, it happened, man. Everyone is amped. Everyone's pumped. We've got football back. We've seen the GOATs show up and prove why they are still around, why they're ready to potentially face each other. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, you know, your list, how these teams evolve over this season because it's going to be a banger as we continue to go. Yeah, man, it always is. And the NFL is always a surprising uh, week. So I'm, I'm all about it. I love the NFL. Um, I do want to make mention that rookie camp started today in the NHL, and we're less than two weeks away from preseason hockey. But that's about it for the NHL, so we can go right into the NBA, my friend. Right. No NHL information. No Eichel trade. Nothing big. Nothing spicy. It's just we're in limbo mode. So, yes, thankfully I get to read. talk about basketball. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But, yeah. I'm just I'm reading gonna... a lot about Dvorak and Kakanyemi and being sad. Just sad. Poor, poor Matt, the life of a Habs fan right now. It is what it is. But hey, let's talk basketball, Matt. We got a couple things, just a couple little quick things before we roll into our division chat. First and foremost, 
It's official. The Mexico City Capitans are going to be a G League affiliate. Now, they're not going to be playing in Mexico City this year because obviously we're still living in a pandemic life. Hey, people, if you're listening and you're not vaccinated and you don't have a good reason, why are you here? Go. Come on. Be better. Be smarter. Let's get this done already. But it's exciting, Matt. It's exciting for, you know, Mexico. It's excited for the G League. Adam Silver gets his wish. We're getting the start of more international. I love how I get to say international when it's literally just the two countries touching America that get to have teams that are related to the NBA. But, you know, it's a win in my... Yeah, exactly. It's a win in my eyes. Yeah, definitely a big win. Nice to see Mexico City getting a team. I think they are the largest city in North America in terms of population. So it'll be good for their fans to get out there. Um, Great to grow the game. I love it, so... As a, as a Canadian basketball fan who watches the Raptors, who cares about Toronto, I know that there is populace in Mexico that enjoys the sport of basketball. Every time that the NBA has hosted games down in Mexico, it's always been a massive event. People have been amped about it. So I'm excited to see where this takes the situation in a couple of years from now as you know this kind of evolves and Adam Silver potentially starts to work towards his wish of getting a real, actual NBA team down in Mexico, which would be wild, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be really cool to see, my friend. It'd be very, very cool to see. Uh, But it's going to take some dough, kind of like the dough that Aaron Gordon got, man. Four years, $96 million. Do you think it's a good deal for him? It's a weird situation, right? Like, it's money that he gets to have in the bank, which is good for him. The Nuggets... They kind of had to pay him. They made the trade for him. They wanted him to be another big star. And honestly, I'm expecting the Nuggets to come out and be an absolute tear this season. Like, I think as long as they can avoid the injury bug, because that has been their biggest issue in the past few years since they've really been relevant. They've never been fully healthy when it comes down to the wire, which is funny to think when you've got, you know, Michael Porter Jr. there with his back injury history, like, who knows what will happen, but for Aaron Gordon, for Aaron Gordon, Aaron I'm excited Gordon. that he's gotten his money. Yeah, Aaron Gordon's got injury history, too. I mean, it's kind of crazy to me that a guy whose career averages are 12.7, 6.3, 2.5 on 45% shooting, he's under 70% from the line. He has a career 15.2 per, and it was down last season to 14.5, which is very, very, very average statistics in the NBA. Like, if you're in the teens for PER, you are a <laughs> average, average player. Like, um, uh, Eric Gordon, 14.4. Um, Derek White, 15. Like, Jakob Pertle, 17.5. Wow. Like, <laughs> you're an average NBA player. <laughs> the guy got $96 million for being that average. Kids, if you don't play basketball... Go pick up a basketball, try to make the league, because if you're an average NBA player, you will make hundreds of millions of dollars, guaranteed. Go stretch yourself out on something. I don't know, man. Try and pull your limbs as long as you can. Just try to make the league. (laughs) On top of that, if you're a young adult who's like over 6'5", try to find yourself a really tall partner and then have a kid and then groom them for the NBA, but Matt, oh, too good. I don't know, Aaron Gordon <laughs> is an interesting situation because he provides a lot. He can have highlight real plays. He can almost be Draymond Green-esque because he is a 
decent defender. I don't want to say he's a good defender because we've never really seen Aaron Gordon as like peak level defending. But like, if you want to win a dunk contest, if you want people to be amped, like the guy is a high flyer and he fits in well with the team. So that's kind of where it's a win for me. But at the same time, you're right. It's a lot of money for a guy that is, I guess, average per statistics. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And the Draymond Green comparison is is quite apropos. I mean, Draymond Green's per career is only fourteen point nine, so you're not getting much much different there. And Draymond got the absolute max for his intangibles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's favorite stat in basketball, the intangibles. I crank that up to a hundred on every player that I want to be good when I'm playing two K. Let's be honest, it's the thing that matters. But yeah, man, I don't know, man. We'll we'll see if this is like two years away from being one of those like really sad contracts that no team wants and is just getting shipped around until someone buys it out you mean like john wall my friend because apparently he wants out all right well matt's rolling us into this southwest division chat so well because obviously i know he likes to start from the bottom and that's the rockets simply put the rockets are the worst team in this division at the end of the day especially when you have someone like john wall who's saying nah, nah, get me out of here hey i don't even know if they'll be able to trade him i saw a lot of miami heat fans coming out being like get rid of kyle lowry bring me john wall i'll take john wall over kyle lowry any day you guys are whack like you guys are absolutely wild you know those intangibles that we were just talking about kyle lowry has all of them john wall has none of them and john wall's athleticism which made him a top tier nba guard are completely gone like he has no more burst like he did and so kyle lowry who was never predicated on athleticism is the more valuable player at this point in their careers bar none Y'all are crazy. Give him back to us. You can take John Wall. We'll be a part of that three-team trade. We're good with it. Just Man, give us back Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I keep hearing rumors about we should trade Goran Dragic for John Wall, and I'm like, people, stop. Like, just stop. I don't need more old point guards. We're not here for that at the Toronto Raptors. Like, 2K doesn't understand the direction of our organization. Other fan bases don't understand the direction of our organization. But, Matt, we're not here to talk about the Raptors. We're here to talk about the Rockets. We're here to talk about this interesting team. But if John Wall does get traded, I don't think it's going to matter much for the Rockets because they might get a young asset or two. They might get some picks, which they've been stockpiling. The Rockets have been stockpiling picks. Like They've got four new additions to their team, Matt, from draft picks with Jalen Green. Um, Sangoon, Usman Garuba, Josh Christopher, like, they're setting in for the future. So, of course, they're trying to trade John Wall at this point because he just hey, doesn't fit on the timeline. Hey, man, if they bought him out this year and add Chet Holmgren to a, a Jalen Green duo, that would be a wild duo. I mean, Jalen Green last year in, in the G League averaged almost 18 points. He shot 36 from from field goal or from three point he had a 22.8 per down there like great numbers they already have christian wood i'm a big christian wood fan if the raptors could have signed him last year i don't think we missed the playoffs at all this guy shot 
37% from deep. He had a 20 per on a Houston Rockets team that was absolutely atrocious. This guy is so underrated. I like Kevin Porter Jr. since he got to Houston. He was able to pick it up out of Cleveland. But, I mean, besides that, man, DJ Augustine, Eric Gordon, the rest of that roster is really not going to move a needle. I mean... The only other name you haven't mentioned that I think has some potential there is Jay Sean Tate. I think that he had some great games later down the line in the season. He's obviously young. He's he's moving with the right timeline in the organization. But yeah, at the end of the day, this Rockets team is looking to lose games. They saw what the Thunder was doing, and they were like, hey, if the Thunder can trade us, James Harden, and we can have a great like eight-year playoff run. We can trade away James Harden and then try to be like the Thunder. We like them. They're tanking. We want to be more like them. They get good picks. And so far, I guess it's working. They ended up with, honestly, probably one of our favorite picks in the draft. Like Jalen Green is going to be a star. You have your number one option. Now you fill around him. You make it work. And guess what? You have a couple years of mediocrity before you are contenders I mean, I could say Philadelphia right now, jokingly, considering the tough situation they're in. But hey, Joel Embiid, first overall pick. Guy is a stud. Guy is a top 10 player in the league when he's healthy. So at the end of the day, you got to do it if it works, right? He went third in that draft. Yeah, he should have gone first. Oh, easily. It was the knee issues, man, and the foot issues. But I think Jalen Green coming in with Christian Wood gives him a, a nice, actual, established NBA, I would say all-star. I'm... I think Christian Wood's an all-star um, in in his roster to play off of. So I don't know if they'll bottom out depending on how good he is. Um, so we'll see what, where they are, but mediocrity is definitely staring them in the face, just like it's staring Greg Popovich and those San Antonio Spurs, my friend. Man, I feel bad for Pop sometimes, but then I remember the other side of Pop that I don't feel so bad for, but... The Spurs are just kind of weird. They're kind of just kind of stuck, right? I remember when I was writing about them last, or, or in May, basically, I was like, what are they going to do? Are they going to re-sign DeRozan? Are they going to re-sign Rudy? Are they going to go young? And it looks like they're looking at a rebuild at this point in time. Like, if I look at this starting lineup for the Spurs, like, is anyone over the age of 26, 27? Maybe that young, but like... Derek, this, Derek White, he's 27. He's Derek White. White is 27. Wow, okay, that was surprising yeah. me. So maybe they're not as young as I thought. So again, more bad things that I'm learning about the San Antonio Spurs. And like, they have a couple of pieces, right? Like, I like Lonnie Walker and his defense. Zach Collins is a really interesting pickup if his injuries can kind of figure it out. But there's really not much here, Matt. Not much for me, at least. No, man, not much. I do like Looney Walker. Um, he's almost pushing 23, though, now. Um, so he's got to really take the next step. Uh, he might get more opportunity in this in this offense right now with DeMar DeRozan gone, Rudy Gay gone, all those pieces gone. Um, I like DeJounte Murray. I think he's he's a great player, but I think he's kind of maxed out at where he is at like a 16, 7, and 5 guy, which is still not a bad player whatsoever. Uh, he's just not going to really move the needle for you. The 
guy with the biggest purr on their team from last year is Yakapoto, uh, former Raptor, eighth overall pick at 17.5. They did add Thaddeus Young, who had a 20.3 on Chicago. So maybe he helps out there. Britton Forbes was added to that team. You know, Mr. 99 mid-range in, in 2K over here. He guys did shoot 45% from deep it last ha- year. It uh, has to be a bug. I'm sorry, but it has to be a bug. There's no way this man's is 99 point, like, 2K. Why? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm but, losing you know, it, Matt. They're, they're definitely outside the playoff picture, in my opinion. I don't think they have a competitive roster. Um, if I was them, I would look to go tank. Like, go get a Chet Holmgren. Like, you you need it. You need to to start rebuilding. Greg, po- Greg Popovich, you know, you had that, that weird take that he might never make the playoffs again in his career with the San Antonio Spurs. I'm starting to lean your way after looking into their roster, really checking out the stats and the players. I was quite, quite saddened for him. <laughs> they had their dynasty, and unfortunately his coaching style doesn't mesh with a lot of young kids coming into this league, and this is going to be a real test. A real test for San Antonio this year to see who they're going to be, to see what they're going to be, and what they're capable of doing. I do have to mention, obviously, my boy Lucas Samanich. I like that guy. He's a great 2K guy. I don't actually know if he can play real basketball. I don't watch enough Spurs basketball, so I don't. At this point, I just don't know. But Matt, when I look at the three teams above the Spurs, with the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Mavericks, like easy, easy. There's like no way unless you know. Heaven opens up and are like Spurs here. We gift you Kawhi Leonard's knees. Like I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like it's gonna be really interesting for the Spurs. They're gonna have to figure some things out. But uh, for me, I got nothing. Yeah, I, I agree, man. San Antonio is looking at an uphill battle all season. I expect them to be at the bottom of the Western Conference, bottom of the league. Um, I had a tough time picking between these two teams and the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Um, I guess we can go with the Pelicans. Um, they have some absolutely dynamic players. Then they fleeced JV off of Memphis. For a guy who I don't think like a lot of people love him in the NBA, as a former Raptor, I love JV. The guy averaged 17 and 12 last season. He also had a 24.4 per, shot almost 60% from the floor, and 37% from three. Like, you got to love those players, and he's just going to help space the floor for Zion, give him an actual center to play with, and Brandon Ingram and him are going to take the next step together. Ooh, man, dirty roster. I mean, I always believed in JV. I think that he has been absolutely holding it down with John Morant ever since that he was moved over to that Grizzly roster, and Obviously, I, I still like the trade. I still think the trade is still a win for both teams, statistically for what you're looking for. But I do really like this Pelicans roster for its potential. If all of the pieces can come together and do their job, like I think that this Pelicans roster can be a playoff team. Like When you have Zion, who has been taking step after step and actually was fully healthy last season, and we actually got to see prime Zion, because guess what? That's going to be soon prime Zion dunking like prime Shaq, which we already saw. Like, It's scary. The Pelicans are a scary team, but they're just young, and they have to figure out their rotations, and 
if Jackson Hayes and Willie Hernan Gomez can be decent backups behind JV, like, I mean, I, I think this team is, is going to make some waves. Not enough to be contenders, but enough to show up in the playoffs and be fun to watch because that's what everyone's been waiting for Zion at this point in time. Playoff Zion. We all want it. Give it to us. Dude, absolutely. Uh, Zion Williamson is a monster. I don't know many 20-year-olds in the NBA or NBA history who had a 27.1 per and a 8.7 win share. The guy is only a year older than Scotty Barnes, which we are all so hyped up for Scotty Barnes. This guy's already been two years in the league and has been dominating at the highest level. He had a higher per and win share than Luka Doncic, my boy. So, yeah, it is absolutely sky's the limit for Zion, for Brandon Ingram. They added Devontae Graham, which I think is going to help replace Lonzo Ball. Um, they've got Nikhil Walker-Alexander, who can be a walking bucket if he can really show out and take that next step this year. Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes. We'll see if he plays that whole incident with the police. I don't really want to get into it. Oh, but... yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, man. Hopefully he plays because um, they have a solid roster, a solid team. I really think they could they could make some noise in the playoffs if they got there. I had them I in the it. playoffs last year. I, I might have been premature. <laughs> you know, you just wanted it, man. We all wanted it. We were all waiting for it. But I look at this team. They're kind of like the Bulls, which is funny because the Bulls took Lonzo from them. Right, but the way their roster works out, like yeah, their stars are a little bit different with where they can come from. But in terms of their positioning, where they could end up, because at the end of the day, you have to realize with this Pelicans team that if everything clicks, if everything goes perfect, if everything is great, they're a five-six seed, which is kind of hilarious because it's the West, right? But if everything clicks for them, they're probably just hump. They're they're hopping over the plane and they're in the playoffs and they're going to be competitive but not contenders that's where i see them at least and i would like that for the pelicans but to be honest seventh seed maybe being dominant by the plane it, it all really depends right it all depends on where the season goes from here i really want to see them put it together i think they have a major major upgrade in Jonas valanciunas over steven adams which i think is going to help that roster immensely um and like that forward center group with Ingram, Williamson, and Valanchunas, that, like, teams are going to be very hard-pressed to stop them. They are big boys. Will, er, Brandon Ingram is a slick, slick shooter who is so tall, can shoot over most defense defensive players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see them in the playoffs for sure, my friend. And to really quickly add, you also have Josh Hart, who is a really good wing defender coming off the bench, right? an additional need when you get down to the point because we've been talking about offense we've been talking about what they can do capably but defense is the question much like the Bulls so it's really good to have a player like that Devontae Graham I don't know if, if we mentioned Graham but he's going to also be interesting for this team but at the end of the day I think we're done with the Pelicans we know what I, we think they can be but at the end of the day I think Matt needs to go a little bit more I just wanted to make a sneaky little pick here I think Josh Hart is a sneaky pick for six man of the year um just just throwing it out there i think the guy yeah. can play and i think he has a sneaky good chance at it coming off the bench for this roster if they take the leap that we expect with the defense that he provides he can also score buckets sneaky good pick 
Just saying uh, it. G- honestly, sneaky genius little pick right there. No, definitely glad you broke you broke in there and made that happen. But let's move on to the Grizzlies, right? Because I think the Grizzlies are next. We were talking about the trade. While Steven Adams was not a great center besides Zion, I think on the Grizzlies, he's a better fit because of the shooting capabilities of Jackson Jr., of Kyle Anderson, of you know, Brandon Clark, if he can figure it out, right? Like, so it's a it's a win win trade all around. But I'm happy for JV that if 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 the Pelicans can get real good. But we're talking about the Grizzlies here. We're talking about my boy John Moran. I love this guy. He had an interesting bounce Off back. Season. Like he had, that's that's the thing, right? Like his 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 rookie season was bangers. We all love John Moran. Coming back for year two kind of under the radar much like Zion was but it was still good for him but we're still trying to figure out if he can be in the playoffs much like the Pelicans because they had their run they went into the first round they got slapped around by the Jazz after proving right that they could beat Steph Curry by himself um, and that team so it'll be really interesting to see where the Grizzlies can go from here obviously adding Bledsoe will be interesting to see how his rotation fits but I don't know, man. I have a lot of hope for this Grizzlies team. I'm I'm a big fan of John Morant, so I want them to do good. And getting Zaire Williams, he's a draft pick that I like at number ten, but he's not going to be you know ready right now to be an addition. So time will tell to see if they can figure it out and and make the next step to be a competitive playoff team that John Morant deserves throughout his career. Yeah, I think John Morant really really took a step back and. Um, because of Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I think JJJ had a really good impact on him as a rookie. Um, he did take a step back in per and true shooting percentage um, and all of those kind of like analytical numbers, which isn't great, uh, but he, he's still so explosive. He's still so young. He's going to be able to figure it out. He was 21 last year. He's going to be 22 this year. JJJ is going to be fully healthy. You're right. I think Steven Adams fits better on this team uh, with a guy like Dylan Brooks who can split, spread the floor, Kyle Anderson. Um, so I'm excited to see what they can do. And if they can keep JJ healthy and Jaw healthy, they're definitely you know a threat to make the playoffs. I, I think the Pelicans are probably slightly over them if I had to pick at the moment, but I'd say it's a, it's a, it's a toss-up. The Pelicans have a higher ceiling in terms of if everything goes right, right? Like, in, in, a, in a perfect world where everything goes right for both of these teams, I, I like the Pelicans more just because of the number of special pieces, special players that they have on their roster in comparison. While Jaw is still my personal favorite of all of the players that exist between these two teams, when you have Zion and Ingram beside each other, there's just you can't compare that. The, like Jaw and Steven Adams, Jaw and Triple J, like it just doesn't hold up when you're just comparing those two, and, and that's where that type of situation comes from. So for the Grizzlies, you know they're gonna have a tough season. They're gonna have to come out. They're gonna have to play their type of basketball. And I mean, if Jaw can take a step forward, which is what we all want, that'll be big for this team, and it'll be something they definitely need. Yeah, absolutely. The guy's a human highlight reel. The way he tries to dunk over guys, he's got no no fear so i would love to see him make the playoffs maybe make some noise um maybe like kind of like luka Doncic and those dallas mavericks man because 
they got to get out of the first round this year. That's that's their goal. I don't care what they do in the regular season. They have to make it out. When you got a guy who averages like 28, 8, and 8, that's LeBron, man. He's literally LeBron. He shoots so well from the floor, so well from three. The guy had a 25.3 per. Like, he's just, oh, I love me some Luka Doncic. The Mavericks are a team with a very special, special talent. I have to make that, you know, very, very, like, upfront here. But I got to say one thing about the Grizzlies before we move on, Matt. I have to mention that Marcus officially got waived. He did get traded back to the Grizzlies. He got to end his NBA career as a Grizzly. My boy, the guy that Matt had absolutely no faith in when he got traded for for JV. Now I'm still sad we don't have Jonas Valanciunas, but exactly. Gasol got us that ring. He was a major player. Matt, I'm sorry. Without the ring, it's not worth it. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. That trade doesn't have we a got ring. It, and so Matt's, it's good. Matt's over here ripping me apart. You thought Gasol was the answer. Okay, no, but Let's talk about the Mavericks, all right? Let's talk about Luka and this team because, honestly, I think they got better. Like, I said I said it last season, and they lost Seth Curry, and I was like, I think they got better. Mistakes. I'll, I'll admit it first right now. Mistakes. They did not get better last season. But when you're still in this situation where you don't know what exactly Christos Porzingis is going to do and be for you, being able to re-sign Tim Hardaway Jr., the real victory out of that trade right being able to bring back Boban like the the heart of the team is big and then they got my boy Reggie Bullock who I think was a big reason the New York Knicks got up to the fourth pick low-key underrated player that nobody talks about and you know I, I like Moses Brown I think that he'll fit in here but we will see the Mavs have to figure out what to do with KP that's the biggest thing Matt at the end of the day yeah I it's crazy that they're talking about this guy, the unicorn, uh, someone who averaged 29, um, who shot 47% from the field, who shoots 37.6% from three-point at the height that he is. Like He brings a lot of value. His issue is that he can't stay healthy. Um, if he can stay healthy and, and on the floor and not headbutt with Luca because I think that's something else that has come out is yeah. that KP really wants to be that number one star but it's clearly Luca's team that they need to figure out that issue and maybe they need to recoup some of his trade value or maybe take a hit because yeah they need to get Luca a second star in a in an NBA where the Lakers have a big three the Nets have a big three um the Clippers don't have a big three, but you know when you consider it, maybe Ibaka could be part of that big three. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Ibaka, but they we need an extra player for him. They need one for sure, and I don't know if KP's the answer. That's the scariest thing, right? The scariest thing that you have to think because, like, Knicks fans wiping their hands clean, pumped that they got the unicorn off their payroll because it's the Mavericks' problem now, and it's weird because he wants to be the number one option. Matt, I'm over here as a guy who you know doesn't play professional basketball, and I always wonder, can't Luca have like th- three nights a week and KP have one night? Like, 
you know, if, if you're feeling it, if you're on, like, that can be your night, right? Like, you have a generational star in Luka Doncic beside you who, if you don't lie awake at night and go, man, this guy could totally lead me to rings. I just need to fit in my play style beside it. What are you doing, man? Honestly, that's the only way that I can see it. Like, KP is obviously too headstrong and is set in stone that I need this many points, this many rebounds, this way of thinking. That's the only way that I see it. Because otherwise, man would be like, yeah, I could do that. Let's go get some rings, my brother. Well, I think the issue is that he's still very young. Um, all professional athletes are... You, they're egotistical guys. You have to yeah. be egotistical to get there. You have to believe deep down somewhere that you are the best. That you can be the best. Or else... Why do you train every day? Why do you go through that grueling process to become an NBA-level athlete, a professional athlete? So he does have that on his shoulders, and he wants to prove that, you know, everything that they said about him leaving New York, New York fans, like you said, are so happy that he's gone now, but they were so sad when he got traded. The amount of, of backlash that hit because of what they got back for him and everything. Yeah. So they're very very lucky that he hasn't panned out to what they thought he was going to be but if he can turn a corner if he can stay healthy this guy he's the unicorn for a reason nobody at 7-3 can hit three pointers like he can man yeah. just nobody in the league so he needs to bulk out he needs to stay healthy we'll see where it goes but they, KP's definitely the wild card here if he can figure it out they're definitely a top four team, top three team in the end, in the Western Conference. I just I can't watch Luca lose to the Clippers again. Not again, again, I just can't see it. This team is better. He deserves at least going to the second round. Let this man have some more playoff games. Like I know the Mavericks are all in on Luca. They believe in him, and it's just going to take time to figure it out. Like. We might have to watch this team settle in mediocrity for like four or five years, and then all of a sudden they make the big trade, and then three, four NBA Finals appearances from Luka could be back-to-back-to-back, back back, right? Like, that's the craziness, and we could be looking at a LeBron situation, right? Like, think about think about how many years it took for LeBron to all of a sudden be the GOAT and be in every single NBA Finals, regardless of what team he was. He had some awful, awful teams in Cleveland, but... He dragged some of them, but it was the East. Let's let's not forget it was the Eastern Conference. He didn't have these Western dominant powerhouses, yada, yada, yada. I'm spilling out the classic take at this point, Matt. But to be honest, there's there's not much more about the Mavericks that really I want to talk about. Like, I've mentioned the things that matter to me. Like, Maxi Kleba is a player that I think fits in well, but needs to really find his role. But it's hard when you're supposed to be finding your role when you've got Kristaps as the star finding his role. So the Mavericks are going to have to figure out what is their next step and what they can do to keep moving on. At the end of the day, though, when it comes to this division in the Southwest, it's a bunch of kind of toss-up teams with a wide range of where they can end up, what they can do. We've got rebuilding teams. We've got fresh rebuilding teams, teams that have been kind of doing it for a couple of years and are ready with their stars to be relevant. So it's going to be interesting to see where things kind of end up and turn out but there's a lot of young studs that are in the southwest man absolutely it's chalked filled with young studs you got Jalen green luka Doncic. you've got john barant you got brandon ingram zion williamson like kp this this 
brought this division is stacked with young up and coming stars. San Antonio, go get yourself one. But this is also a division where only one team made the playoffs, and they were all kind of clustered together in that play-in range, and with the Rockets at the absolute bottom. So, yeah, it could it could be a wide range of possibilities for this division. I would expect at most uh, three teams at most to make it, but that would be about it. I mean, I'm hoping, I'm thinking three teams maybe in the play-in, not the playoffs. There's way too many good teams in the West, but you're right, Matt. It was, it's definitely an interesting division. I think that it's a division of the future. Like, we're a couple years away from some potential, like, real powerful teams with some real all-star caliber leading superstars. That's kind of the fun part about it, right? But at the end of the day, I can wipe my hands clean with this division. There's nothing else that I really want to say to it. Matt, I'll roll past Raptors, Chad, because the only thing that I want to mention is the fact that Scotty Barnes has officially landed in Toronto. The man's has been all over Instagram pumping it up. He's hanging out with Goran. He's hanging out with Svi McCulloch. He's hanging out with all the new boys as they've landed and finally get to experience what it's like to hang out in the six. Dude, I am amped that Raptors basketball is coming home this year. Absolutely. Best city in the world, my friend. Best city in the world. Gotta love the Raptors. The only thing that I would mention about Raptors chat is 2K. Rate us better. How is Siakam and Shake Milton the same rating? Do you watch basketball? Come on. That is it. That is it. <laughs> give, it a couple, give it a couple weeks, man. In like the fourth update... Your boys are going to be all 80s. We're going to be taking over the league. We're going to be like 16 and 0. We're going to be destroying it. But no, that's don't not my take this week. I, I'm sorry. I'm do- Curse, you didn't hear me. Shh, quiet. Nothing was said. All right. Moving on. Let's talk about things that might actually happen. Matt, my take for this week, really easy. I believe in John Morant. He took the team through the play into the playoffs last year. I think this year, the breakout that he's going to happen is going to lead them all the way to the sixth seed. They're going to miss the play-in. Whether they show up in the playoffs, that's another question for another time. Um, I think they like the playoffs. I think it's, it's a pretty pretty fair assumption. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with football. It's back, baby. I want to use my my mystic powers on football. I'm not super confident about this take, but I loved what Philly did to Atlanta last week. They absolutely rolled them. This team is only a couple years removed from a Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts looks like he is the answer at quarterback. He can run. He can throw. They beat the 49ers this week in a surprise upset. I'm calling it right now. I look forward to checking back next week. Matt's going to ride his rookie QB all the way. He believes he's got so much hope. But, Matt, anything out this week or shall I take us out? You can take us out, my friend. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.